Hello, I'm Anthony Morrow and welcome to the Get On The Money podcast, where I give you those money lessons you never got to have at school. In this episode, you're going to hear about managing your money when you want to set up your own business. You might have an idea, something that you think could sell well, but you've got no idea where to start when it comes to working out how much cash you need. That was the case for Millie. Millie's the founder of Amelia Rose Floral Couture, a florist that became really successful really quickly. Millie had an idea and went for it. I always knew that I would run my own business. I could see the potential of what could come in. But, as you'll hear, when it comes to money, she's not quite so sure about things. I am not good with money. If I had that in front of me, I would be no good with it at all. Luckily for Millie, her brother Ben knows a bit about it and they're now in business together. Every single person that you told right at the start was like, spit the drink out, you're going to be in a florist with your sister. And I would be like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Normally, here's where I'd tell you about money matters that I've spotted in the news. But for this episode, you're going to hear from Millie and Ben right away. Because they've been so successful and their story is so fantastic, they're the news. Hi, Millie. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the Get On The Money podcast. You run Amelia Rose Floral Couture. Can you give us an idea of how big the business is, who works there and and how quickly it's grown? It started off with just me three years ago now. I was working at a shop at the time. It was like the go-to florist. It kind of got to the point where I realised that I needed to go further because I didn't want to just sit on like a minimum wage. When she took me on, she did explain that in floristry it isn't a very well paid job so you do have to love it to be in this industry. Now although she did tell me it was a minimum paid wage job I could see the potential of what could come in from being there. I've always been very very business minded, I did business in school, so many more like background things but basically I had massive anxiety so I did just leave, it was literally just like as quick as that I literally just handed my notice in like there weren't really much thought about it I didn't really hand my notice in to know that I was going to set up a business I just literally knew that I, I needed I needed to get out of there now else I was never going to get out of there I was at my mum and dad's at the time now they have always been so supportive of me we're probably only here now today as we are because of our mum and dad so my dad knew that I had the work ethic and I put in the hours I put in the hard work So he basically said, I'll do you a studio in the back garden, just open your own business up. So as quick as like probably a month, my dad had me a studio in my back garden. I did my first ever order and I'll never forget literally having a meltdown in my mum's kitchen because I was just like, I can't do this. I went to market, I bought the flowers. The flowers cost me way more than the order literally I think I spent about £60 on flowers and the order was £40 I couldn't even afford a roll of cellophane to wrap the bouquet so I had to put the flowers in a hat box so I just got home and I was like mum I can't do this like how do you ever get going like I had no money to start with and she was just like yes you can do it yes you can so basically my dad got the studio up and going at the time I was just keeping going weren't I Ben like I was getting three or four orders 
a week probably. Although I was getting a lot of reaction on social media, I just wasn't good at replying to messages. So I did have a lot more orders in the message requests, I just weren't taking them up. Purely because of my anxiety and I hated replying to messages, like I just couldn't do it, it was just a thing that I just hated. I kept going for about a year and I was, I weren't even making, I literally wasn't making any money, I was probably losing every single week, but I still went and went and went at it because I literally loved what I did. It probably got to a year down the line and I remember being sat around the dinner table and Ben saying to me, like, pass me your Instagram. It was coming up to Mother's Day. I was telling Ben that how many messages I actually had and I just couldn't reply to. So he literally just took my phone off me, went on the Instagram, scrolled through the messages and was like, whoa, what, what, why haven't you actually replied to any of these? Like, this is stupid. So he sat and went through as many messages as he could um replied to obviously the ones that he thought needed replying it was like you definitely need some help so it weren't kind of a career for him at the time but he just said look I'm willing to step in at the time it was the point that it was the week before we went into lockdown so he kind of looked at all the orders told me what I needed to do what I needed to order at the time, I, I think I had a £200 debt bill with my kit. And obviously, this was a worry for me, getting all my Mother's Day flowers, because I owed them £200 now, obviously. I didn't have the £200, so Ben gave me the £200 at the time. And then he arranged all the deliveries. So after this Mother's Day weekend, that was on the Sunday, the Mother's Day. On the Monday, we went into lockdown. It got announced that everyone, no one could go to work. But one of the things was that you could do doorstep deliveries. We put a post on our Instagram and it was like a bit of a competition thing. And it was at the point where everyone was like clapping for the NHS. So we was like, where can we get involved here? So we put a post on our Instagram saying, nominate everyone you know working on the front line at the minute. Now this competition just took off completely. Within a day, now... Again, with the messages sort of anxiety side of things, I'm exactly the same with answering my phone as well. (laughs) So on this day, I think it was like two days after we'd put this competition on our Instagram, I had like three missed calls off this number. Now I was a bit like, who is this number? It was BBC Radio. And they wanted like a really quick interview there and then on the phone about us offering these hat boxes to the NHS. And then the next day after that, we ended up in Manchester Evening News, a massive post about us saying how well we're doing to carry on working through lockdown. Obviously, so many people were working from home. So I think everyone was just getting their orders in from that because nothing else was really going ahead. People were just ordering to send like the thoughts, to send the wishes. And I think this was at the point that we literally just took off. So now we also have a studio based in Chatterton on a business park and obviously the team of nine we have three fans and we're literally just growing and growing and growing from there I mean that's an amazing story Millie it really (laughs) is it shows the sort of like very much the learning as you go along definitely it's really interesting to hear you talk around your anxieties because you talk with such energy and enthusiasm 
that it's a surprise to hear about. That's amazing. But just to give you a bit of a rest there, uh, and if it's just, uh, Ben, so obviously you were helping it. You were working as an accountant. At what point did you think, well, actually, I need to do this full time now? Yeah, so I was actually in the middle of doing my professional accounting qualifications at the role I was in at um, an accountant over in Worsley. And I was obviously working from home, doing it on the laptop, helping Millie where I could. But then it got to the point where I thought, I'm not putting my all into the accountant's job at the moment. And it's not right on the firm that I was working for. It was a bit like, because I'm not trying my hardest. I'm not, you know, working from home, I feel like there's a bit, you can get away with it. Whereas if I was in the office, I couldn't have got away with it at all. And it got to a point where I was literally hardly doing anything accountants-wise. And I thought, right, we've got enough money in the bank now from these orders that if it goes all terribly wrong, I've got about three or four months, I'll find another job and that's it. I can go and get another accountant's job because I was actually, I've got a degree in accounting, so it's not like I'd, it was anything wasted. So I've still got my degree, go and get another accountant's job, that's it. So I just handed my notice in at the accountants and I remember thinking, oh, I can't tell all my friends, I can't tell my mum and my dad, I've quit my job, what am I doing? Like this, this needs to work now, so. Can I just interrupt you there, sorry? I remember me first putting the post on when you come into the team and he literally wouldn't let me mention his name. He didn't want his name to it at all. I think more from the embarrassment of like a boy being a florist. Yeah. Um, carry on, Ben. So I remember just thinking, right, we've got three or four months worth of wages in the bank and if it all goes terribly wrong, you've got three or four months to find a job. Anyway, these three or four months came and went and it just carried on growing and growing and growing and I just thought, I've seen the potential that you can earn money in forestry, which are probably a lot of people on the outside don't understand you can earn money from things that you love, basically. working. At, I was working with my family, doing something I love, and I just thought I can earn enough money to be able to live a comfortable life, and it has worked up to now, Touchwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's great to hear that, Ben, because I'm an accountant by training, so uh, <laughs> that's, it's good to remind me how boring it is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll understand. I was literally I sat the I nine am. to five, and I just thought, this is going nowhere, this for me. <laughs> um, one of the things that has come up in the past on this podcast, uh, particularly when talking to young people, is that they've always been very nervous about setting up their own business and it's something that more and more people are uh, are looking to do and the idea of having a full-time job is becoming less and less attractive or even available for for people but they still find it quite an intimidating thing and it is it is quite a scary Mm -hmm. thing to do Millie how much did you know about the whole business side and setting up a business before you started uh, started your own and did you think there was enough support out there for people like you who were thinking about setting up a business you know for say from banks and local government and and things like that I didn't really think of the support much I kind of just took it as a risk now I had nothing that I needed to pay I had no bills I knew that if there was something I needed my mum and dad would be there so I was more kind of just took the risk. Now, there was a point that obviously I did realise that I could have gone at a much more bigger potential if I did have some money to spend on my business. I did one time earlier on when I was first setting up attempt to apply for a business loan from one of the high street banks. Now, they basically point blank turned me down. I don't really think there was much chance. It was just basically a no. 
as soon as I got the bad vibe from him, I just didn't try again. Um, now that was the point where, because I'd been told no from one bank, I just presumed that it'd be a no from every other bank. So I didn't really go any further with it. Luckily, I didn't need that extra support from the banks. Um, we kind of just rolled with it anyway. Um, but yeah, I can't say that the banks were the most supportive when we were setting up. Like I didn't really have that option to physically walk in my bank and say, I need so much money. Do you know what also helped? The fact that we were earning the money in lockdown and we couldn't spend any money. We, we had nothing to spend money on. Everything was closed. So we've kind of <laughs> saved up a lot of money during coronavirus, which is a bad thing, but it's ended up turning to be a good thing. Because there was nothing to spend money on, we've saved up a lot of money in our business bank and didn't really have to pay each other a, a big wage. So yeah. we used all the money we saved because of that to be able to take the next step, like opening uh, opening a new studio, getting a van, um, taking more staff on, and we've kind of just, that's how we've got away with the fact of never having to open use a, a bank for a loan. Yeah. Just moving on to money then, which is obviously what this podcast's about. What are your relationships like with money then? Are you very different in terms of how you treat it? I'll let Ben discuss the main uh, money side of, things because I'll be completely honest <laughs> I am not good with money I am the worst saver I haven't honestly looked in the bank account since Ben took over we get paid a wage every week and Ben basically just takes roll of the money <laughs> if I had that in front of me I would be no good with it at all <laughs> so that's why Ben does all that it's actually good to be able to recognize that because it stops you from making those mistakes so. i know definitely yeah definitely yeah. ben are you definitely the sensible one yeah so when i took over with millie she like, like she previously said she was 200 pound in debt which is not the end of the world it's just a small debt for you to one of her wholesalers but she wasn't saving any money so she'd get the money in off the customer and she'd already spend it before she'd already bought the materials for the bouquet which was going in in advance so when I took over, basically, we looked at the business bank account as it's not our money, it's literally the business's money. We pay each other wage, and we can honestly say that both of us have never took excess money from the bank, apart from what we've needed to pay for bills, etc. We only pay each other a wage, and I always think it's important to just be... Basically, we've got like nine people that have got to live off this bank account. I can understand that's why people are worried about owning their own business, because... We have got to make sure that we're putting ourselves out on the market every single day to make sure them orders keep coming in. Because if them orders don't come in tomorrow and then they don't come in the day after, it becomes a point where you're thinking, we've got to pay everyone at the end of this month. And if we ain't got enough money, then people start to worry, people start to can't pay the bills and then it all falls on our toes. So that's where I think you've got to be able to save the money and not understand that it's not your money, it's the business's money. Pay yourself a wage, be sensible and just look after it. And that's a really good point, that, Ben, because I think once you get to the stage where you're employing other people, there's like a double edge there. There's one, as you say there, the, the worry, the concerns and the responsibility of other people's livelihoods. But also then the real positive side there that you've actually created jobs and you've created opportunities for people, which is a really special thing to do. There's not many people that yeah. get to be able to to do that for people so you know the fact that you've got you know several people working for you in such a short period of time 
through a pandemic is pretty um yeah pretty remarkable you know i'd be i'd be well impressed with yourselves if i was you <laughs> yeah I do, I do feel proud at the end of the month but it is a nice feeling to know that all these people are coming to work tomorrow and everyone's happy on payday yeah it certainly is so millie what's it like having your brother there helping you out with these things to be honest i've got to admit like we're not we're not always really really nice to each other and we never give each other credit <laughs> We kind of just get on with it. But honestly, if Ben didn't come in on this business, it literally wouldn't be where it is today. I kind of just do the floristry, do my work, my day done, come home, do my ordering, obviously. But Ben does have all the business worries, which luckily for my anxiety, he does take over that. Now, if he didn't, it it just wouldn't move forward like it does because I just because of my anxiety. It puts so much stop to things. But just with him being there, honestly, like you wouldn't believe the change in me as a person. He just takes so much pressure off me, but obviously, especially with the money side of things. And were you nervous, Ben? Once you'd, you know, I know you'd obviously come to the conclusion that, you know, you weren't being able to do both jobs at the same time, but it's still a big leap to go from, yeah, a pretty secure accountancy role in a job to working with your sister. Were you nervous and for how long? Being completely honest, I was so nervous. And every time someone used to ask me the question, what are you doing now? My toes used to curl and I think, oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. And even to the point when I handed my notice in to the director of the company I was at, I just thought, please don't ask me what you're doing now. Please don't ask me what you're doing now. And he asked me and I just said, I'm working with my sister doing floristry and every single person that you told right at the start was like, spit the drink out. You go and be in a florist with your sister. And I would be like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, and it's only in the last, say, I don't even know, like six months? Nah, probably longer than six months that I've been proud to say I actually do it. Not that I'm not proud to work with my sister, but I just feel like there's a stigma around maybe men working in forestry and especially going on your own from being in a full-time job as an accountant to go and be in a forest with your sister it's just a big difference and big change and I felt like maybe that spurred me on to make it work even more than it did because I just I just couldn't be doing with everyone maybe saying it's not going to work. And what about the financial side of your decision though because obviously you were going from getting a monthly salary and benefits through to not how was that to um, to deal with? I was in a very low level role in the co- in the company, and then I didn't feel like it was a massive risk because I was only ever getting paid a low level wage anyway. So it wasn't like I was going from a high end wage to then taking the plunge. So I felt like it was it even it equaled the risk out for me. I was still living at my mum's and I had views to get a mortgage, I wanted to get a better car, things like that. And I, I knew that I was never going to do it at that wage, so I was always looking to take the next step. Obviously, at the point, I was looking to take the next step within being an accountant. But then when this come along, I just thought, you hear so many stories, let's take the risk. And I, like I say, I was only in the low-level wage anyway. So if I can just earn that low-level wage with my sister, it would be, it would be okay. I think there was more advantages to coming with me as well because there was more potential to earning more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew you was open to more like chances of earning more money, getting more money in. 
question for each of you here. If there's one thing you wanted to say to other young people to inspire them into business, what would it be? Just go for it. (laughs) You literally do only live once. Like, what is the worst that can happen? As long as that you're not going in taking loads and loads and loads of debt out. Obviously, I think to a certain extent, so many businesses will need to take that risk of taking debt out. Um, But I think as long as you just keep going at it and believe in it, if you don't believe in it, then I think it's pointless. I think if you do believe in it, then you've just got to keep going at it, keep going and going and going. Yeah, I agree. I think if you literally just go for it and use, not that I'm I'm in any position to give advice, but listen, if you've got enough money in the bank to last three or four months to pay your bills, you've got three or four months to hit hit your idea hard and... We always say, when, we, when we're taking a job on, we'll say yeah, and then worry about it later. If you just, just take every bit of work, and we, we, our favourite saying is, we'll just wing it. Because if you look like you know what you're doing, more or less, people will believe you know what you're doing. So just, 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 just go for it, basically. And as long as you've got enough money to pay your bills for a few months, then what's the worst that you can happen? You can always go and get another nine-to-five job. Wise words there, and I think that's brilliant. I think I think that your story is brilliant, and I wish you both the best in the future, and and look forward to seeing more billboards and whatnot of flowers everywhere. And best of success for you. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Get on the money. You never get to learn about money at school, so I'm here to help. It's just great to hear from a couple of young people who've been able to make such a success of an idea and turn it into a business, especially after the last 18 months or so. I think there's a couple of points that we can learn from their experiences that I'd just like to break down for you in a bit more detail. Millie mentioned she got turned away for a business loan from a high street bank. Now, this might come as a surprise because we're always seeing adverts from banks either online on the TV or even just walking down the high street saying about, do you want to grow your business? Do you want a startup loan? Here, apply now for some money. That you'd think that actually it's really easy to get one of these. Actually, I think you should always view a business loan in the same way that you would do a personal loan. By that, I mean, make sure you really know what it is you need the money for. Never borrow just for the sake of being able to get hold of the cash because that is how you end up finding ways to spend the money that you always have to repay. So if you're not going to get the real benefit from it, then don't bother. Of course, if you think that actually with a bit of cash and a bit of help, you can grow your business that bit quicker and you know for the pounds and pence how that money is going to be spent, then of course, Contact your bank, arrange to sit down with one of their advisors and see whether or not they can help. There's plenty of help out there for businesses, whether or not it's from your bank, from local government departments to accountants. And we've spoken about accountants before, particularly when it comes to tax returns. And business accounting can be even more complicated with lots of unknown areas that you won't have dealt with before, such as VAT. A hideously complex tax that businesses, particularly successful businesses, have to contend with. 
it's always best if you're not sure particularly around tax to find someone who can help it will be money well spent the second point that i want to pick up on is when millie explained that she was spending 60 pounds buying flowers for an order that actually cost 40 pounds on the face of it that just feels like common sense gone wrong but it's something that lots of businesses particularly when they're starting out just miss and that's because everyone is so keen to get those orders and get those customers that some of the detail that goes behind it can be forgotten running a business is difficult and it's complicated but it's also incredibly exciting and trying to understand all the little bits is difficult and that's why getting some help to understand that particularly around the finances we all know that actually you know maths and adding up and some percentages can be really difficult for a lot of people yeah but for some people it's easy and actually for some people that's their job like ben ben was training as an accountant so it was the perfect person to come in and help millie get all those things in order and as with the business loan Getting your money and your budgets in order for a business is very similar to what we say about on a personal level. If you understand what money's coming in and what money's going out, then it makes it far easier for you to be able to plan and ultimately make a success of your business. Next time, it's the final episode of this series. And given that I've spent so much time talking to young people about money, I thought it was time I handed the platform over to them. You'll meet them in the next episode, and they'll be giving you their thoughts and opinions on some of the issues that matter most to them from this series of the Get On The Money podcast. They'll also be putting me through my paces when it comes to asking me what I think too. If you're getting good tips and advice from Get On The Money, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Get On The Money podcast is out every other Thursday. To continue the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Get On The Money. Thanks for listening and see you next time.